The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. It is November 6th, 2017. Raw is in the UK tonight, and I'm here with Raj Geary and returning once again, Justin Labar. How's it going, guys? Good, man. How are you? Doing Happy. well, man. Justin? Happy to be back. Oh, great to have you, man. Great to have you as part of Wrestling Inc. So uh, you got, what, two weeks now of the podcast? Yeah, two weeks in. We've had two weekends of Chair Shot Reality. It's been, uh, been I think, successful. And uh, we've had a great great response. Uh, great, you know, whether it's positive comments or debate uh, on the videos. I had a, a column that went out a few days ago on Wrestling Inc. that you can go back and read, uh, talking about WrestleMania, about my matches I'm predicting for this year. Why, unfortunately, I don't think the UK fans are going to get one anytime soon. And I give my prediction of where I think uh, next year will be and some other venues in the next five years. Very nice, man. Yeah, definitely check that out. I'm seeing nothing but great stuff in my social feed talking about you joining Wrestling Inc. So uh, great to have you on board, man. Yeah, um, and Matt, uh, Matt got, I guess, some smeared uh, some smear uh, ad or something against him that he's having to deal with tonight, his elections tomorrow. But Tomorrow? Uh, he will be back next week. Yeah, it's crazy. The moment of truth. The moment of truth. Yeah, yeah man. So tonight, Raw, uh, I'm sure many of you had it spoiled because it taped, what, seven or eight hours before it aired Yeah. in Manchester tonight. Uh, I tried to avoid spoilers, but I, I knew just enough to have the, well, the end segment ruined for me. Um, man, where to begin, I suppose, at the beginning tonight with looking at uh the miz coming out tonight with the miz tourage starting it off interrupted by angle and talking about what's going to happen at survivor series with uh yeah team angle man team raw angle is the captain against shane is the captain talking about how they got brawn um uh it was so weird tonight. I mean, I guess we should jump ahead uh, a little bit to talk about the segment. I mean, they set up Braun versus The Miz for later in the evening. But what do you guys think, having a little more inside knowledge about the announcement tonight that came out that Jason Jordan is going to be the fifth member of Team Raw? Not Roman Reigns, but Roman Reigns is scheduled to return on the go-home show. I think it's much stronger because not that Roman's not on Team Raw, but they're you know building to the Shield versus the New Day. And so you still get the Shield reunion, and it's just one fewer star on Team Raw. But um, I, I think having Romanoff and the Shield reunion is a lot stronger than you know Roman on Team Raw. So I, th- I thought it was cleverly done by taking the titles off, and that way you transition to that uh, that six way match. Yeah, there there's two wins to this. As Raj said, you're going to get the Shield reunion uh, that we were supposed to get in Minneapolis for TLC. We'll get it for Survivor Series, and quite frankly, it makes more sense having finally the shield reunion happen at survivor series given the, the nature of what survivor series is all about and then jason jordan joining team raw like i saw people upset about it on social media but like that's the idea i think wwe has <laughs> i think i think wwe has has succumbed to the idea or, you know and accepted that like okay he's not you know i think when they when they made him angle's son 
they thought, okay, maybe this will work. Maybe the rub will actually happen. And you know, he had a great, you know, he had a great bit of momentum with with American Alpha. But I think they've accepted that. Okay, people aren't buying this. They're they're rejecting against him. So he's going to have to turn heel eventually. From the get go, from week one, I said, let's find out that he's exploiting Kurt. He's not really a son. It's you know, it's been one big you know scandal. And I think having him on Team Raw is going to be the first step to you know that heel turn, whether it's a flat out heel turn there at Survivor Series or it just starts to plant the seeds. And that will be better for all parties involved. Yeah, if that if that is the case, I mean, uh, there, there's a lot of times in the past where we think WWE's building to something, and and <laughs> they're not. <laughs> it's just, you know, like Matt Hardy is a perfect example. But uh, yeah, I mean, if this is the the subtle ways of them, you know, Kurt Angle kind of showing some favoritism and and Jason Jordan manipulating him, uh, I think it, that's something that can work because clearly what they've been doing so far hasn't. I would hope so. I would hope it is because look how passionate Booker T is about Jason Jordan not belonging. I mean, like for, now, to pull out from Booker T's greatest hits each Monday is a task in and of itself. But when you sit there and listen to him, oh man, favoritism, favoritism. what is going on here? Like it, 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 he can't be getting coached to get this worked up unless there's a true payoff, right? Yeah. Booker Booker tweeted something at you tonight, Glenn. Yeah, I, I've made this joke like three or four times before, but I want a Twitter feed that just is everything he says we've got to love. Because if you keep a running list, it's actually really ridiculous. He'll just pick obscure things. I think tonight, what was it? Finn Balor's dedication and merit in the ring. You got to love it. He just loves to lean on that phrase. I don't even think he realizes what he's saying. So I tweeted the joke that I'm like, hey, we need a novelty Twitter account about this. And then he retweeted it and said, got to love it. I was like, well, there you go. He's in there you go. Yeah. Uh, but no, hey, you know, I'll, t- I'll take any retweets I can get, man. That was great. Yeah. But uh, uh, so tonight, first off, and Justin, I think you need to start doing entire podcasts just in your Booker T voice. I think that would be uh, take it to a ne- the next level, as it were. Um, oh, shucky, ducky, quack, quack. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, I already buried in my mind that this happened tonight we had a guitar on a pole match between elias and jason jordan jason you know that was, it's been 20 years since the last uh on a pole match on raw really 20 years yeah because they're the most ridiculous match <laughs> well it's not different than a ladder match really <laughs> yeah but at least in a ladder match it's i mean so when you're getting something off a pole it's like oh hey climb three ropes boom grab it done and the guitar it was hanging down tonight it wasn't like the the you know the a belt dangling over the ladder of the briefcase this wasn't like a suspenseful moment will he make it in time it was like boom boink done and it just sounds stupid Oh yeah, but so, you know, anytime you say on a pole, it just brings back bad memories. But first off, I don't want to see any kind of pole match in WWE when they're in a PG era because it takes away any true, that's true. Uh, chance of entertainment uh, when <laughs> poles and and such. Um, secondly, am I the only one that just kind of feels funny that like we're getting all this emphasis on guitars and guitars on pole matches and hitting people with guitars? And Jeff Jarrett's a free agent right now. Just. <laughs> He is. And WWE is actually paying for him right now. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Trying to get him clean so he can make a, a rumble appearance and hit somebody with a guitar. Yeah. There yeah. you go. I that's don't not, see that not, happening. It's not a real report. <laughs> nobody, nobody print that. It's not a real report. It's just, no, no, yeah. no. It's not happening. <laughs> so what was up with the crowd tonight? Elias was the, the first of the, wait, are they into this guy or do they hate him? They seem to do that with a lot of people tonight. Very quickly polarizing reactions. 
Well, you got to remember, they sweeten the crowd noise a lot, too. Like the announcement of Jason. And this is kind of why I don't think they're turning Jason Jordan heel. Uh, the announcement where Jason Jordan uh, was put on Team Raw uh, got loud boos at the arena. Uh, and we have like a video clip of it that we posted earlier today. And when they when you watched it on TV, it was like, you know, fairly, fairly neutral, slightly positive reaction. So they, they sweeten that crowd noise, whereas... I think if they're going for the full heel, they they want the beer the the booze to be heard. So yeah, an ample know. time tonight with that delay. Yeah, yeah, they got they had plenty of time. With, I mean, their production team is awesome. It doesn't take them too long to to do their well, magic. They, well, they weren't awesome in the Pete Dunn entrance, but that's that's, that's another story. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, so after yeah, that i will say this yeah. i thought the uk crowd was better tonight than a lot of times in the past where they're just being pricks during the show trying to take over uh they weren't really trying to do that here no beach balls no beach balls no uh creating their own chance and uh you know trying to get themselves over so well at least uh, when they did it at nxt takeover it was it was done with love you know they they were they were full sailing it up as it were in trying to make themselves the show yeah well uh, yeah, tonight, a little more all over the place. Um, Asuka versus Stacey Coates tonight. So, Stacey Coates, what's uh, the, the wrestler's name? That Her name? Oh, uh, I, tweeted her, I tweeted earlier. I don't know. Here, I got her here. Uh, Apparently, she had a tryout, is the rumor, today. In the yeah, yeah. The show. Yeah, so that was a tryout. Her name is... Uh, Isla? Isla Dawn? Isla or Isla? Probably Isla. Isla. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. Good luck. Um, yeah. A thousand bucks richer for a two minute match. Good for her. <laughs> yeah. Oscar looks more dominant, and Oscar added to the Raw Women's team. They're winning, right? Yeah, I was like, I mean, there's no way, right? Well, you would have thought there's no way they'd have her do a 12 minute match with Emma in her debut where it's 50 50. <laughs> so you never know. You know, they had Nia Jax, who they were building up last year, submit to Bailey. So yeah. you never know. They do weird stuff at these pay-per-views. Oscar's on a banana peel. Did you guys know? I noticed this last Monday, and I tweeted about it. I think I even might have said it on ChairShot even. Did you notice, like, I, I definitely think Asuka, after Vince seeing her for the first week on TLC and then the night after when she fought Emma both times, I definitely feel like him or somebody on his team got in her ear and said, you need to be more vocal, a little bit more like, I mean, she's always pretty aggressive in the ring, but, like, be more vocal. Like, you hear her screaming in Japanese, and she's screaming more when she's kicking people, which that – I don't remember seeing as much of that in NXT. I, I definitely feel – I mean, I don't I don't dislike it. I'm just wondering if anybody else has noticed. Like, it seems like there's a huge difference. She's being really loud in the ring in her in these squash matches. Huh, I didn't. I did not notice that. I'll have to uh, rewatch that. Yeah, it was more expressive tonight. Yeah. I could totally see that, like, feeling like – she needs to get her personality a little bit out more. I mean, they teach that in NXT, like, you know, between. And I don't want to, like, I mean, she was always good in NXT, but I feel like she's even more vocal now. And I mean, she's such a, she is such a colorful character, but she's supposed to be such a dangerous, uh, dangerous competitor. I definitely noticed last, last week. And then again, this week that she like was just constantly vocal and screaming in the ring, which I hadn't, I don't remember as much of that prior. Yeah. That sounds like a Vince thing too. I, I paid 20 bucks to see the video footage of whatever, Japanese gibberish Vince McMahon was saying, doing his imitation of how he wanted Asuka to sound in the ring. Asuka, you're dangerous. <laughs> give him, give him your roar. Make him feel it. 
in their ears. <laughs> yeah, and then he just proceeded to say some stuff that I'm sure some sort of anti-defamation league would just, uh, you know, <laughs> orchestrate a boycott over. Um, oh, man. <laughs> but no, I mean, she looked good tonight. Her on the Raw team, it definitely <laughs> seems. You could you imagine a rehearsal video of Vince doing the walkthrough of Oscar's entrance, trying to understand how she like rocks out and moves? That, that would be awesome. Hey, in two K eighteen, pay good money for that. Two K eighteen, you can make it happen. You know? Yeah, I'm asking anybody at WWE production, please whip yourself on out and just covertly film that. I will pay you on the low down. You'll never even know. WWE will never find out. I will PayPal you money if somebody in production can get just a little little cell phone video of that yeah someone's someone's asking if i'm calling the uk fans pricks definitely not i think the uk shows are some of the funnest of the year but sometimes they have a tendency to take over start loud cm punk chants and disrespectful chants and that didn't happen at all tonight i thought the crowd tonight was awesome the whole show they were loud and uh it didn't come come across that way on tv because they uh they did sweeten it a little bit but um i'm a big fan of the uk crowds I love yeah, them. compared to last week. Where were they last week that the crowd was so horrible? Oh, geez. I feel like everywhere it's horrible in the U.S. <laughs> nowadays. Like there's like two cities where you're, you know, That's true. where you can consistently get a good, good reaction. Oh man. Uh, okay, so we'll pick back up the show. But first, Justin Raj, I believe you got a message from our sponsor. Yeah. Yes. So I'm I'm back on uh, I'm back on the wrestling post raw podcast, courtesy of Stamps dot com because it's not always convenient for me to find the post office i like the post office it's great they're they're key but it's not always convenient for me to go to a post office and right now you too can enjoy the stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without long-term commitments avoid the craziness especially around the holidays coming up at the post office go to stamps.com click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in ink that's inc type ink ink and stamps.com, you can never go to the post office again. It's a lifesaver. It is. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm doing all of, pretty much all of my Christmas shopping online. You know, very little of it am I going out. And same thing for mailing stuff out, you know, especially this time of the year, the holidays. The, the lines can be, you know, it, it just be really busy. And so, uh, you know, just go to stamps.com. You don't have to worry about that. You just do it from the convenience set of your own home. And it's open 24-7, so you can do it anytime. Uh, you know, instead of dealing with large lines of people sending holiday cards and gifts, uh, stamps.com, it brings all the services of the, U- the postal service right to your fingertips. You can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail using your own computer and printer and then the mailman comes and picks it up. It makes it that easy, and they'll send you a digital scale, which automatically calculates exact postage, and they will even help you decide the best class of mail every time. So definitely check it out, stamps.com. Like uh, Justin said, go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and then type in INC, I-N-C. That's stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. It's convenient. I'm one of those guys. I never have cash on me, so like I don't want to have to go to the post office for like a, a smaller purchase of, of postage and like have to pay with a debit card and hold up the line. I hate it. So, <laughs> so tonight, Samoa Joe versus Apollo Cruz. Or no, pardon me, Samoa Joe versus Titus O'Neil with Apollo Cruz uh, standing by. We were robbed of that match as Samoa 
Joe just attacks Titus and it sets up the match for Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor tonight. I hope that ends that whole thing and they don't try to do Samoa Joe and, and <laughs> Titus next week again, which I'm guessing they probably will. But um, yeah, what an upgrade, you know. And uh, yeah. this was one of those cases where I thought the, the crowd was awesome. The, you know, Finn versus Samoa Joe, an old NXT rivalry, uh, you know, revisited. And I, I thought this match was really good. Yeah, I agree. For these two to not have a good match, really. Yeah, I agree. I thought this was a good, uh, good treat for the for the uh, fans, for the UK fans especially, and uh, the, you know, and, and it, you know, it was, it was a, I don't mean filler in a negative way, but it filled a lot of time. Yeah, there was a couple segment match, and you know, those two can obviously do it. There's history there, as Raja said with NXT. Um, yeah, and then Titus. You know, I mean, I <laughs> I like Titus and everything like that, but I it's getting to the point where I'm like, man, what a what a contract to 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 show up the TV couple days a week and then go do charity work and, and be yeah. honored for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do got to say, I do think that the, this is awesome chant is just used way too often now. Now it's just when it's good, it's, you get a, this is awesome chant. And this, uh, you know, it, I'm not saying this match wasn't, uh, wasn't better than good, but it, when I'm thinking this is awesome, I'm thinking like Sean versus take, like, you know, something awesome. Like just you, unexpected, like uh, or even if it's expected, but something that really just goes above and beyond, and and now you're just you're just hearing it way too often on every yeah, show. But remember, directly before this, uh, we had a squash match and a guitar on a pole match. So that's true. This know. was this was awesome compared to that. I kind of think that you know because I agree that this is awesome as lost the fact that it gets done too much or you deserve it or all you know, the. I think there's more telling of what's really a, what really is an awesome moment or something that's really people are thinking. I, I think, I think there's, this is awesome, which, you know, okay, people are rewarding a great sequence, a great match, what have you. Sure. But then there's other moments where the crowd is just at such a fever pitch of excitement. We don't get them as often anymore, but they're at such a fever pitch of excitement that there's not even, they don't have the breath and air to even chant. This is awesome. And chore- choreograph that chant. They're just so into it and on the edge of the seat. There's few and far between moments. I think you get them, you know, you get them when Taker's around. You get them with Brock. I mean, I think you get them Braun. There's certain moments when people are, when, when, the, when the situation's right, um, that the fans are so on edge. They don't have time to even think to chant that. They're just being loud, and you can just feel the energy. Uh, and I think that's the real rewarding time now. You know, this is awesome. It's a good little reminder, okay, we're working our ass off, and it's and it's getting recognized, but – now it's we don't even have to hear a chant. If if you can get that moment of energy, that's really I think what you want to aim for now. Yeah, I I just think it comes across. I, I to me, it's way more effective when you got the crowd just going nuts, like uh, like Rock versus Hogan, right? Like before that match started, just the crowd was just going insane. But it just takes away when they're chanting, "This is awesome." To me, I don't know. There's just something about it that just I don't know. It's just gives it kind of a cheesy feel. Um. It feels, it feels like it feels like you're it feels like you're paying people to be in the crowd to chant that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, what wrestling promotion would do that? I mean, no, paying people to be in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, <But I> <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about it now, but let's let's run through RAW. We're already uh, and and then we'll get. Sorry, to Glenn. It. Glenn, I'm doing your rundown. I wonder if Impact is going to bring in like like a warm up guy to like lead them through practicing chants. <laughs> And teach them the wrestlers' names with like photos. So when you see this guy, you cheer. This guy, you boo. 
you yeah, know? They, they keep chanting, this is awesome, eh? And they're like, no, no, that's not how you do it. <laughs> the referee comes out, they're like, oh, do we chant now? <laughs> more, more on that later. Um, so double count out to Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor. I think this could be a solid placeholder feud till Bray Wyatt gets back until they figure out what in the hell they're doing with Samoa Joe. Yeah, I mean, Bra- uh, Bray is clear. He's working on the tour. Um, mm. So they're just not... I guess they're probably just waiting till after Survivor Series to bring him back. Yeah, UK's not ready for Sister Abigail, man. Oh, man. I still want to see it. But <laughs> there's no Raw pay-per-view until February, so. I do find it interesting that they have, as Roger said, Bray is clear. He's working the live events. I do find it interesting they have both, you know, Bray's back and, and cleared, and they were starting to tease you know, some expansion of his character with Sister Abigail or whatever. And then we have Matt Hardy, who's obviously solo because Jeff's hurt, and Matt, they're kind of, you know, they got creatively detoured with Matt with Jeff getting hurt before TLC. And so Matt's just kind of not really doing much. And, and we know that they're, you know, Matt wants it and they tease it. And there's the whole eventual goal of getting Matt to, you know, uh, a more broken or awoken state. Um, I, I do find it interesting that they, they both of them are being kept off of TV at the moment. I don't know if there's something there that they could, they could be building to, but it's, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I did enjoy uh, Matt Matt Hardy. By the way, Matt Hardy, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson, all working on main event today. Making and and all making very good six figures. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. someone's got to find that. Could that be? There's got to be like what? What do you think is the highest like talent cost episode of WWE main event ever? that, That could be it. Tonight might be it because I, I, I have a general ballpark where I know what all three of them are making and that I can't imagine anybody's ever surpassed that. <laughs> no, no. They, when they have Brock Lesnar come and only work those dark segments after Raw. Yeah. <laughs> but at least, at, least, at, least when they, at least when he just works dark segments, there's like just a, an unspoken – it's dark, so like you know, you know it's just for the live crowd. They're putting those – the three that we're talking about, Hardy, Gallows, and Anderson, on a – show that no that no one is matter. sure where it airs no one's sure when or where it actually airs no one knows because we got a guy covering it on the site every week so someone has access to that show but at least when it's dark you acknowledge it's for the local crowd only this is supposed to be for some television somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah they're essentially wrestling a match on a raw recap show um <laughs> i mean I, i've watched main event before the last time i watched it yeah i was like 40 minutes of raw recap and then two five minute matches and then commercials for, you know, other stuff. Yeah. And change the name. Don't call what, yeah, what main a, event's what a, very misleading. What what a, a, undercard. A hypocrisy in naming. WWE prelims. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, just, uh, just a, a hypocrisy in naming to call a show main event. <laughs> that, that uh, I mean, with that, that, I mean, this is a rare case. Gallows, Anderson, and Hardy aside, because all three of them have been in the main events before. But most people never have been on the main event. They're on main event. Why? Right. Bad so, yeah, so main event this week. It's Matt Hardy against Kurt Hawkins. And then Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson looking for revenge from last week's Tricker Street fight against <laughs> Rhino and Heath Slater. So, you know, that's something we should ask Keith on, uh, you know, if uh, he's able to make it to our podcast at some point, uh, the, like something or anyone that's been a main event. Like, how is that? Does Hardy be like, well, technically it's main event guys. But then, you know, is that is it sort of an inside joke? It means you get to go. It means you get to get back to the hotel and eat first. That's what I mean. Oh, that's true. Do you get to leave early then? I thought no, like leaving no, early. Was a big these guys were all backstage in that segment at the end. Oh, that's right. Well, Kurt Hawkins. I said Matt Hardy. Dress. Was he Matt Hardy out there? 
I didn't see Matt. I, I, didn't I, see I, Matt. I did see uh, Slater. Yeah, and Gallows yeah. and Anderson were back there too. And Gallows and Anderson, but and they're gold all dust made up. Yeah, yeah gold dust with the makeup. But there are other nights I because I used to think that the guys had to stay until the end, but that's apparently not true because I guess I I know that some of the guys that are on early have left early and they they, they get the <laughs> hour first. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, I, I think you, when when you get the rundown, you know when how long you got to stay and when you got to go because I think very few guys are there at the very end. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Someone so saying Matt was there in that. Oh, well, there you go. So, all right. Okay. Um. So, oh, you know, I enjoyed Bo Dallas backstage talking about how he doesn't believe in monsters and like evil, like Braun Strowman. I thought that was just funny, given who his brother is and stuff. That's such Finn, an angle. Ben Balor needs to have a talk with him. Remember, yeah. he was saying last month how monsters were real, and <laughs> oh. There's go. a Bo Bray storyline at some point that could really be amazing if they acknowledge their, that they're brothers. They could really do something cool with that. Well, you know what was bizarre is that the week before Bo Dallas joined the Miztourage, Bo had the most Wyatt-like beard grown yes. out. Yeah. And made people believe that maybe that they were – because now Bo was back on TV and he had this – drawn out beards I, mean, I know i saw a lot of people touch me to thinking okay maybe he's going to be packaged in in the in a, in a new wide family and then he and then he got joined to a, a hollywood groupie thing it was just yeah i think the thing is if you did that you know that bo within a couple of weeks he'd just be the job guy of the wyatts you know but i think you can come up with you know like now he's all <laughs> dressed all gray. Bray's he's not the job guy of the Wyatts. <laughs> That's why he needs Bo. So <laughs> yeah. But you could have uh, Bo, like, with this, you know, it would be kind of entertaining. It'd be kind of silly. But you had Bo uh, trying to recruit Bray into the Mistourage. <laughs> you know, I've said, that would be something unexpected. Bray <laughs> in, like, a white robe and make him the Miz's spiritual advisor. That, you know, because all, I mean, do a playoff, all the celebrities that join, you know, like Scientology or something like that and have. You're going to get a suit. What? I'm just saying, celebrities follow Scientology, <laughs> Raj. Good, I said yes. nothing. There's nothing pejorative something that about rhymes that. with Bientology. <laughs> a lot of celebrities, <laughs> you know, expand their mind and religious perspective. Mm-hmm. So the Miz deciding that, you know, the, the Wyatt is going to be his new uh, philosophy and religion. I think that's a storyline that writes itself. Think any of this would be better than what they got from right now. Yes, um, I'm surprised the Miz and the, his Hollywood gimmick—they haven't took a shot at Harvey Weinstein yet. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I think the WWE is not th- you know in their glass house. I'm sure. N- some... I'm sure NBC would would wouldn't want any any bit of that on their their TV anyway. But yeah, that is true. They they do try to stay current with stuff like that, but I think that's that's a little too much. Like you think Vince is getting a briefing every day on the. You know, how current has Vince today? Do you think he's okay? <laughs> some guy has been sexually harassing people for 30 years? I'm guessing with Harvey Weinstein. I'm sure they know him pretty, you know, like the, the Hollywood insiders and the biggies. I'm sure they're, they're pretty. If that's the case, maybe if, if Vince actually does know Harvey Weinstein, maybe it's the case where they're not going to mention him. Vince doesn't want to have any link tied to him. Yeah. <laughs> there haven't been any sort of allegations or anything uh, of impropriety behind the scenes of WWE in quite some time, have there? Well, there's been a lot in the past suggested, but no one's come out during this whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no one's come out specifically against uh, anyone specific. I mean, there were there's been people on social media talking about how they've had experiences. Uh, Taylor Hendricks posted something on Instagram a couple weeks ago. Um, I got a so. weird tweet 
on Friday, and I quoted and just said interesting because I didn't know what else to do. I got a weird tweet from uh, Billy Gunn, Billy Gunn's wife, and I don't know what she was insinuating, and I didn't reach out to ask her, but she basically, and I don't know why she chose. I mean, like I know her, but I don't know why she chose me. But she tweeted about like, um, I mean, it's still my feet. People go back and find us from last Friday. It was something. I'm paraphrasing here. It's basically like, you know, it's crazy. You know, with all these allegations of people in Hollywood or powerful people. You know, when more when another big name gets added to the list, and she put hashtag karma, and I just quoted, just said interesting dot dot dot. Like I don't know who she was trying to refer to, and I didn't, I didn't ask her or Kip or B B Billy Gunn. I don't know, but it was weird. I don't know. A lot of people started speculating who she was trying to hint at. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't really want to go down that hole. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. Every day it's something new. I don't know about you guys. For the past week, it's just kind of or how past week, past month. It's been like every day, kind of like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there have been allegations in the past. Uh, you know, Ashley Mazzaro has had some some of the past that you know there was a lawsuit. So, um, yeah, I, I have a feeling this is kind of like the Hollywood thing, where I think if one did come out, then it would probably start a snowball effect. But um, yeah. It's all kind of yeah, we'll past ones are being kept in the past and, and nothing yeah. new has really come up. Yeah. So, of course, Wrestling Inc. If a scandal does break or allegations <laughs> yeah. come forward, Wrestling Inc. You'll probably yeah. there for all the scandal coverage as it happens. It's um, <laughs> in the world we're living in right now. Uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Nia Jackson, Alicia Fox with Bailey and Sasha Banks picking up the win. And Sasha Banks added to the Raw team, but not Bailey. Yeah, so it gives another week to add Bailey. I mean, who else do they got? You know, I guess it's, I guess Mickey James and Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke. Yeah, but uh, I don't see them. I mean, they could do Mickey, uh, but I think they've. I think the plan is. I'll have to double check. I think it, it has been for Bailey for a while. Yeah, probably Bailey. I'll be honest. This and this, there's no reflection of the girls. It wasn't a bad match. I just I, I really wasn't. I don't know. I really wasn't into it. like the most most entertaining thing to me is I I. I get a weird joy out of watching how crazy Alicia Fox acts. I think I don't know. I think it's funny to me. So that that to me is was kind of the hook of keeping my eyes glued to the TV. But yeah, I don't I don't know how else who else you go besides Bailey really. Yeah, I thought I thought Alicia did a good job again. She's I think she's been doing really good uh, lately. Um, I, I thought the way she added Sasha to the team was a little awkward, <laughs> but uh, other than that, yeah. I, I think it would kind of completely bury Bailey if they didn't add her to this match, but they seem to like doing that anyway. Although tonight, the, she was getting the chance. UK crowd, you know, I thought. Yeah, but the, she's not near as you know. This is a you know the UK crowd's very NXT friendly, mm -hmm. and it's not like she was getting an overwhelming reaction or anything like she would have a year ago. Oh go, yeah, go back and watch Takeover. London, and I mean, it just right. I mean, it literally hijacked the show with uh, the Bailey chance. It was just so, so much. So we'll see. Um, yeah, I could see her going one on one in, uh, with Mickey next week to determine that final slot. Yeah, or Alicia, and she's you know, she says, if you can beat me, then you, you can be on the team or something like that. If you can beat me, Alicia Fox. Now, the, guys, this hasn't really been done before, but if you can beat me, well, that's kind of what happened team. tonight, right? So I should beat <laughs> Alicia and. And Alicia Fox is crazy, but she's not that far out of touch with the reality. You know, she's she's not uh 
not Oscar. Let's just put it that way. Uh, it'll probably be Bailey doing the challenge. Like, if I can beat you, then you let oh, me, yeah. you know, add Alicia me to should this. put her captain's cap on a pole, and we should have a captain's cap on a pole. I think, th- I think that captain thing is pretty awesome. Her work little captain uniform. <laughs> I think that's pretty great. I, I was like, you go back in the podcast. I think it was when uh, Alicia got put in that pre show match with Nia Jax. I've been all about the way they've been booking Alicia Fox and bringing her back. Her transformation to where she is now, to me, is more impressive than what's going on with gender because they didn't rush it as much. Um, but I think it's great that she's getting time to shine on Raw. And give and give credit to, to Foxy. I mean, she we forget because she's, you know, she she falls under the radar for a long time, and they'll bring her back up for TV for relevancy. And then, yeah. I think, but I mean, she's been around. I mean, look at the roster. Uh, aside from the people that don't count, aside from like the the, the, the Triple H's and, and like that. I mean, she's been she's she's up there in terms of the most uh, longest time of of, of of consecutive years with the company, and and that's there's something to be said for that, both on how the company can will just you know eventually just turn, you know get rid of talent and move on, and, oh, and yeah. also talent that get fed up with the schedule or booking or whatever. She's hung in there. I think if people would sit and think about the the time she's put in. And let's not forget that, according to some WWE superstars, that Molina versus Alicia Fox was their favorite match they ever saw. (laughs) You know, it's amazing that out of that season, she's the one that ended up on the main roster. Was there, who else was on that? Uh, That was the one with, uh, what was it, Uh, Marty the Moth. Oh, the the big tall guy ended up winning. Who? Yeah, silent silent rage. Andy or something. Yeah, big Andy. Uh, AJ Kirsch, uh, Brosif Joe Brody from Hood Slam. Yeah, yeah. Won the Rock the Promo Challenge last year. Didn't Andy, didn't Big Andy get stunned by Stone Cold? And that was like yeah. the last thing he did. Yeah. That was pretty much it. Yeah. Boy. He had the little promo with Vince. Vince just shat on him. <laughs> that, was the, yeah. that was their winner. That was the guy. Like, and then, and uh, the other, the last season of Tough Enough, uh, Josh, oh, yeah. Josh Bradle, He both those winners got cut. The Yeti is extinct, folks. The Yeti is gone. And uh, what's her name? Sarah. Um, Sarah, Sarah Lee. Sarah She's Lee. having uh, What's-His-Face's baby. Yeah. That's her claim to fame. So yeah. they're both, both, both released. So And ZZ. Oh, what could have been? So the only tough enough winner that you could really say has had a has went on to have a, a good career has been John Morrison, right? Can, can you think of anyone else? Well, winner, yeah, I mean, yeah, winner. I mean, tough enough turned out a few people, but winner. Yeah, well, the Miz and right and Matt Morgan, of course. Yeah, <laughs> right there back. There was like a month where they seemed like they were pushing Maven after he won season one. He like eliminated the Undertaker from a rumble. Yeah, that's right. And then he got destroyed after he did it. Yeah, he got murdered. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, but hey, Patrick, Patrick Clark, Velveteen Dream. Now, you know, I think it's more, much more interesting to the guys that don't win that go on, or Mandy Rose in uh, NXT. Well, they're usually the ones that are because the ones that usually do win are the ones that Vince wants to win, and uh, and because seriously, it's like the big guys or the guys with the look, um, and uh, they're not always the most passionate. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that's the case for Sarah Lee, but. Because you could tell Vince wanted Mandy Rose to win, and in this case, he was right. Um, but, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I, th- I think Mandy uh, is going to be a big star on the main roster. Yeah, how she how she doing in NXT? I haven't. I'm not current. She's improved really. I mean, she's really, really good for where she's at. You know, for how long she's been wrestling. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, man. Uh, so also tonight after the Bailey and Sasha Banks win, Braun Strowman versus The Miz. Braun winning by DQ. Kane interfering. Like, it's kind of weird that they didn't give us a conclusive ending on this. Would it have hurt The Miz at all to be beat by Braun Strowman? Wouldn't that have kind of brought the story to its natural conclusion? I prefer that they didn't, just because I hate seeing the champions, a title holder, getting beat. Yeah. Uh, so, I li- I mean, I preferred preferred it this way. And, and the whole thing was Braun and Kane anyway. And I thought that whole little interaction that they had was pretty fun. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think this was actually really well handled because to continue off what, what Roger was saying, yeah, Miz is a title holder and he's getting ready to go up against uh, Baron Corbin. And Miz did not get one ounce of offense in on Braun, which is fine. I, you know, and I'm I'm the big Braun advocate, and and I was before before the bandwagon was full at all. So I, I'm fine with Miz not really getting the offense, and I'm fine with Braun being able to, you know, really battle all three of them simultaneously. Uh, but yeah, I, I but it had me wondering, like, all right, like you know, he can't just straight up pin Miz. Like I don't want to see Miz lose if he's got to get ready to go. Rep, you know, be the mid card title holder representing Raw against the his counterpart on SmackDown. So I think this is the I think the Kane thing was the best way to get out of it. And then and then even that they left unresolved to where they could go back to it. And and I don't mean if you read my thing on Wrestling Inc. I still think that Braun Strowman versus Undertaker is the way that they're going to go for WrestleMania. And there's a link obviously there with Kane and such. So do you think yeah. seriously though the Undertaker can lift Braun Strowman? In his current state, uh, hopefully he doesn't try a last ride or a tombstone. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, that offense is gonna be pretty weird with Braun. I think. Uh... I mean, I don't know if he can. I mean, seriously, not being funny. I don't know. If I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we, that's a weird thing. In the last couple of years, we all we all question like, what can the Undertaker do? Can he survive this match? And this and that. I don't know if he can deadlift Braun up to get him in a position for the tombstone. But I mean, I guess it could also be creative if we really want to try to get sure. scientific in terms of. You know, somehow he gets Braun straddled on the top ropes and turnbuckle when he gets under him. That I mean, I, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I don't know. But I, I do think that, I mean, you know, look, Taker's – I don't think Taker's done. He's coming to, to Raw 20, uh, 25, which I'll, I'll, I'll be at. I'll, I'm actually going to be at the Manhattan Center, which I'm looking oh, forward awesome. to. And, and I, I'm, I'm kind of convinced that he's going to have another match. And Braun needs a match, so yeah. – and- I'll put it this way. It's not a knock on the Undertaker's age, but it's saying that if you look at his match with Roman Reigns, you can see that the style the Undertaker is accustomed to wrestling to is, is starting to conflict with his physical abilities, given the med- medical issues he's developed over, I mean, just really giving his body to the WWE. And, and that's, and that's a, and that's a very fair statement, Glenn. I, and I, and, but I think one of the good things about Braun is that they could, I mean, he could do a match with Braun that is just a whole lot of strikes and kicks mm-hmm. and throw me into a barricade. I throw you into the steps. You know, it could be – it wouldn't require a lot of technicality, I guess, so to speak, and, um, you know, take some pain pills, take whatever shots he's got to take. And, well, and, and it could be a lot of Undertaker just moving out of the way, Braun doing the heavy lifting. You know, when Braun's on offense, he's throwing Taker around. When Taker's on offense, Braun is missing a charge in the corner and, you know, a charge through the barricade and, you know, stuff like that. Um, Taker's a pro. I don't know. I just think if you're going to go out, I think the way he did this last year was the way to go. Um, and because I, I wouldn't want him to beat Braun and I, I wouldn't want him to beat a top guy, you know, if with his career definitely being, you know, nearly over. 
Um, but at the same time, he's a, he's a draw. He's a huge draw for Mania. And it's a huge payday for him. So I could see the lure of coming back, you know, even though he had the hip surgery and everything uh, and just trying to work around it. Absolutely. And I've always thought, Raj, that, you know, for years I wanted to see Cena versus Taker. I still want to see it. I still want to see it. Right. And I, but maybe, I don't, maybe, maybe Father Time's not, maybe Father Time and Father Schedule's not going to let it between the two forces. But what I, what I do think, though, is that, you know, obviously there's some, there's significance. It's in New Orleans where the streak was broken. I do think if you, however they get into the match, however they, however they get into the program, um, and all of a sudden we know, okay, they're building to Braun versus Taker. I've always thought the when the audience knows, like you know, when the audience knows, the kind of knows that something's coming, it actually makes it that much more valuable. Even if they like, so my point is, if we have a Braun Taker build to Mania, and somewhere in that build. Whether it's Braun initiating it or it's Taker initiating, saying if I, you know, if Taker loses, you are done. It's retirement. Like if you put the retirement tag on the line, then everybody goes, okay, I think this is probably it. It actually makes everybody tune in even more because you know this is now it, and I gotta watch this. So you know you can't make money off of what people don't know. So if people kind of think they know that this is the last match because the retirement angle is on the the marquee. There's, I think there's a lot of business to be done there. So uh, if, if it does come to where it's Braun versus Taker and there's something on there that says, if I lose, I'm done, I, I think all the interest is heightened even more because then you're like, okay, it probably is done, but nobody's not going to tune in. Nobody's going to go, oh, I know how it ends. I'm not going to watch. No, you're watching with right. every second. It's, it's kind of like Flair, Flair and Sean where exactly. everyone knew that Flair was losing, but it added that that – if that was just his last match, I, I totally get your point. If that was just his last match, but they didn't hype it as retirement match, it wouldn't have been near as uh, as uh, eventful. Yeah. Uh, even even though you 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 would have known after the match that it was. But yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. Like billing it as his retire, you know, a possible retirement match. If he loses, it could be his last one. Um, it, it definitely would add a lot to it. And New Orleans, I mean, that would be kind of. Apropos, because that was a very um, momentous, uh, you know, mania when he lost. I mean, that was uh, one of the strangest moments, uh, you know, I, I remember f- work moments uh, I've, I've ever seen in wrestling. I was there live. I was there live, and I thought, I thought literally the referee screwed up at WrestleMania, and I was like, oh god, that referee's fired. And I literally thought it. Well, mania. the referee thought looked thought he screwed up. Yeah. Because you could tell he was a little hesitant, and then he, when he hit that three count, you know, and it just looked like chaos there for a second, like they didn't know what was going on. Uh, you know, I, I was talking to, um, oh geez, Justin Roberts, uh, you know, and he did not want to read uh, the announcement because he thought it was a screw up. Wow. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and even, I mean, even you know, it really in this day and age, it's one of the best kept works secret how few people knew. I mean, hell, even, I mean, I think, you know, we've all probably heard somewhere Stone Cold told the story how he was sitting back in the the truck next to Kevin Dunn drinking beer, watching the match. And then he even, he was surprised. Like, I mean, they, they really kept it. Uh, they really kept it hush. So, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a chore to do in this, this day and age. Yeah. I was talking to, when I was talking to Ted DiBiase senior after that, and he was convinced months later that it's still, it was still an accident. So, yeah, it was it was crazy, and it's it's one of those because that match, it wasn't that anticipated going in because at that point Brock had already lost quite a few times, 
uh, the luster was kind of off and just everyone just assumed Taker was winning that. So there was like just no, no real interest in that match, but yeah, I think that that would be something we shall see. Um, so Enzo Amore. Oh man. Talk about from, from takeover in the UK to tonight in the UK. I don't think I've ever seen him get that negative of a reaction. And if that was, that was the post-production reaction, I know he's a heel now. He's supposed to get heat, but I mean, when have you ever seen Enzo not be able to, to almost not get through a promo because the crowd is so. Well, this promo sucked. It did. But I don't know if that was by design because they easily could have cut it in post-production, you know, Uh, because this just felt like it was going on forever. So I wonder if that was the idea was just to really get the crowd annoyed and to turn on him. (laughs) So when, you know, pete dunn came out they would just go nuts and if that was the case it worked you know yeah it worked uh, and again I, again i mean i don't know why you hit pete dunn's music and, and graphic <laughs> and kurt angle because he has to explain to everyone not in the uk who in the hell pete dunn is do you think the average wwe fan even knows there's a uk championship well, no. well yeah, i mean but like have let enzo keep talking and talking and then like you don't even need to hit Kurt's music since we've already heard Kurt's music earlier. Just yeah, have yeah. Kurt on the mic, just whoa, 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 Enzo. You know, just have yeah. him that way and say, you know, tonight you're not going to fight a cruiserweight, you're going to fight a bruiserweight. And then the people that know who Pete Dunn is and they know the bruiserweight name, they'll start to rise to the energy. And everybody else is still confused. You wait until you hit the music. I don't, I mean, I, I, I assume and I hope because WWE's production is usually uh, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty A grade. I assume somebody just hit the wrong. I don't know. I, I guess because that just was so awkward. I mean, luckily Pete Dunn still got his pop. And I don't yeah. think it was damaged, but it was very, very awkward. Yeah, that's totally what I thought. I thought they miscued the the entrance, like uh, like they were supposed to hit Angle's entrance, you know. And you know, like you said, they didn't need to do that. But that's what I thought uh, happened, and they accidentally hit Pete Dunn, and it kind of uh, kind of killed him his coming out a little bit. Well, actually, it didn't even because he still got that gigantic pop. But uh, it was anywhere other than in England, it might have really damaged it. Oh yeah, and because nobody knows who he is, you know, outside of NXT. If you did in Orlando or something, that's one thing. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, they did it at the perfect spot, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this UK division. You know, they. <laughs> It's been there for a year now. Uh, nothing's happened. Uh, and uh, I know they talked about getting TV deals, but they haven't. So I think the biggest issue is going to be, I and mean, well, A, I think, I think this might be a signal that they're going to use Pete Dunne regularly in the 205 Live division because if you notice, um, I don't know what his legit weight is, but Michael Cole did make a point to say he's 5'10", 205. Yeah. So like, okay, he's like the heaviest and top guy in, within, in, the, in the division rules. And, like, I know in the past conference calls that I've been on with Triple H before NXT events, and he always will field questions about UK and those other projects. While he's always been striving to have a UK show, hence the UK belt, he's always said the task has been figuring out logistics. Like, you know, how how do they, does WWE pay their crew to go over and produce X amount of TV? Do they outsource the production to somebody else? Like, and I just don't think they found an answer that they're financially and logistically happy with of how to produce it. Hence why, as you just said, Raj, it's been a year and we don't have anything. Yeah. 
It you did. think you think Vince McMahon knew who Pete Dunn was backstage? <laughs> <laughs> Probably thought he was some local enhancement talent. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like another, get me another cup of coffee, kid. <laughs> I think I think Vince goes. Oh, get into your security shirt. We got Braun and we got Samoa Joe and Finn fighting in a minute. You're like, I think he, he probably saw that. Yeah. I mean, so, reading out why he's not squashing you tonight. Who are you? Yeah. Yeah. Asuka. Yeah. That's what you got for Asuka tonight. <laughs> Actually, I have to say, with, yeah. Um, but no, he can but, look a little feminine in that time. So, you know, no. hey, Pete Dunn's got a tattoo on his knee. And for somebody that has tattoos. A tattoo yeah. on your knee, and That's I, I, he, he's he's got more he's got more balls than I do. Yeah, that uh, that would hurt. And I think um, Pete Dunn, I think he's yeah. great. His his match with Tyler Bate was one of my favorites this year. Oh, definitely. But, uh, as far as like a, a superstar, the look and everything, uh, realistically, that's not uh, the kind of look that Vince likes and and that the the higher ups push. So I, I just don't see him getting that far and and kind of if they do use him on the main roster being in that 205 live role wasn't the alliance i can't remember i may have even read this on wrestling and garage or one of our guests may have brought this up on the podcast but wasn't the uk tournament and um their deal with some of the uk indies that they have essentially to circumvent what was it itv or sky yeah talking about doing some televised uk wrestling promotion yeah the itv they were gonna do a, a 10 10 episode series earlier this year so they did a little revival last year that was a big hit so they were gonna do the series they were gonna tape in I want to say it was February that they were originally going to tape and they got pushed till May. They partnered with Impact or partnered with Anthem and then they just canceled the May t- tapings and that was kind of it. They never heard from again. So, yeah. uh, and then once that kind of died, I think WWE seemed to lose interest. They weren't, uh, they weren't, you know, moving as quickly on, on this project. So that should be their entire strategy. Now they should just hear rumblings of people trying to do something, pay a nominal fee to lock those people up and they never actually have to compete with it. They can just, kill it before it happens i mean if they could get the itv deal if they could get something with them because of their their reach and with how hot wrestling is in the uk right now mm-hmm. um i think it would be a very smart business move we shall see so well uh, i don't know I, I don't know if the expenses actually counter that but we'll see i mean with the WWE talking about profitability but it's not it's not a volume game it's it's quality over quantity and i don't see with it being a, I, I just don't see how uh, anyone could compete with that, with the level of fandom that the WWE has. You know? Right. And then they are though. They, they're, yeah. they're drawing some big crowds for indie events in, in the oh, UK. Sure. Yeah. I think it only, I think it only matters if, if, for as long as the WWE network is one flat price, it's not worth it. But we've seen the, obviously the surveys and the talk of them moving into <laughs> the tiers if they add if they add tiers of okay now you pay this per month you get you get this premium content if it includes UK or whatever like I think that point I think right now though I mean the WWE Network between all the pay per views and and they, you know, they release you know I think they just released all this WCCW I mean they have so much on there now for the flat rate rate of people paying I think now at this point if you want to ask people to pay more they are going to have to that this would be how they do it is by working stuff like this and. Right. Well, I uh, and I'm not saying do the UK thing as a, a network only thing. I'm saying if they were able to get a deal with ITV, um, and you know oh, who'd be paying like who'd be paying for the show, and you could even do UK specific only pay per views. You turn it into like NXT where it has its own takeover. So you have your TV deal, 
in place uh, with ITV, which is, has a huge reach, and then do you know quarterly quarterly shows on the network, so you get those more UK fans coming in. Uh, you, you might have something. I, I don't know. Yeah. So or do they, they watch enough of Raw and SmackDown that you know that's yeah. just going to be overkill anyway? Ah, screw it. Put Pete Dunne on main event. Get Hardy back on Raw. Right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, man. So, main, the actual main event tonight, the Raw Tag Team title match, The Bar versus Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. With a uh, fake-out of a SmackDown invasion, the New Day showing up, allowing Cesaro and Sheamus to win the Raw Tag Team Championships, going on uh, to face the Usos at Survivor Series, setting up The Shield versus The New Day for that same pay-per-view. In it, it looks like it is. Nothing's it's been not. announced. Or but. yeah, or what about uh the Shield versus uh Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn since they've got nothing going on? Oh uh, no, you'd need to do a threesome and I, I just don't yeah. think you want to do a makeshift uh makeshift. There's, there's no way they don't do the Shield versus today <laughs> after tonight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my my thought is with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn is since they're kind of like right now this the SmackDown outcast, I think um I think when we get to the go home SmackDown five days before Survivor Series, obviously Raw has to invade eventually. They have to retaliate. I think I could easily see Owens and or Sami Zayn open that back door, <laughs> letting Raw come in. No, seriously, and maybe yeah. one or both of them defect to Raw because you know, obviously they, they're, they're upset with Shane. And, and with Kevin Owens' case, he's ran his course on SmackDown. There's really nobody else for him to work with there. Uh, I could easily see them being the defectors that like open up the door, let Raw come in. Raw gets a retaliation, you know, big go home SmackDown. Uh, that's I, that's I mean, and then I, I'm not sure what Owens and or Zayn do at Survivor Series, but I, I think that their I think their their involvement has something to do with the the main Raw versus SmackDown match, and and yeah, New Day versus Shield makes the most sense. Yeah, I, I could see Owens and Zayn costing Shane's team the match at Survivor Series. Yeah. yeah. And you know, Braun, Braun and Kurt winning the match for the the baby faces. But um, yeah, I could totally see that because next week that's got to be it. That's the go home, and yeah. so you would think so that the uh, Raw retaliates on on Tuesday night. You know, a, a week from tomorrow. Yeah, so kind of a weird episode of Raw tonight, but it's putting the putting the pieces in place for Survivor Series. You know, for the UK shows, they used to treat them like holiday shows where nothing happens. And yeah. so at least tonight, stuff happened. Uh, you know, they built to certain things. So I, I, thought it was a, I thought it was an entertaining show overall. Yeah, I mean, you rarely get a title change on a, on a tape show like this. So. Yeah, and speaking, and, and we'll get to that, you know, a title match tomorrow night. And uh, when's the last time they, we'll get to, let's finish Raw and we'll get to that. Yeah, so it was Monday Night Raw. Uh, is, there, is there much more to say about tonight's Raw, Raj? I, I guess that was it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, new new tag team champions, Cesaro and Sheamus. Uh, new Day interfered. The Raw roster, the Raw uh, mid card guys came out. Kind of Got to see Goldust on TV again. Got to see Goldust. Um, someone saying Matt Hardy was there. I missed him. And uh, yeah, that was that was that. Roman Reigns, then they announced that he'll be back on Raw next week. Uh, I would have kept that a surprise. Yeah, you know, kept that uh, 
the Shield New Day thing and and have Roman coming out be more of a surprise than announcing it. But you know, a lot of times, you know, advertising it does also uh, make you want to tune in the next week. So I can't fault them for that. That's part of the culture that we're in right now. I mean, to make a comparison, uh, I'm not sure if you've seen all the think pieces talking about, oh my God, I can't believe Marvel kept advertising that the Hulk was in the new Thor movie. And it's like, yeah, that's why it opened so big because people knew the Hulk was in the Thor movie. It's kind of the same thing with Roman. There were people that will tune in if they know yeah. Roman's back next week. Yeah, if it's like one scene, like the, you know, Spider-Man was in that, whatever the the last one was. Yeah. Which one? Civil War. Yeah, yeah. So when it's something small like that, I think it's, you know, it's good to just have it be a surprise. But yeah, the Hulk, I guess, was a, a big part of that movie, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it's been a good half of it, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what city they're in next week for Raw, but yeah. like Atlanta. Well, Atlanta. Atlanta, okay. So going back to the advertisement thing, yeah, I mean, they there might have been no way around it to where, I mean, you don't, you know, it might have been just a case of, you know, Atlanta wants to vocally promote that we have Roman Reigns coming and it was going to get out one way or the other. So you just, just mm-hmm. say, yeah, Roman Reigns coming. Again, you can't make money off what you don't advertise. Yeah, but you already got Brock. You would think that would be enough. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, they did advertise Brock as well. And they haven't advertised Cena yet as the special referee. So I guess that would be next week too, that announcement. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you get into that? Like, how do you, how, I mean, I guess <laughs> like yeah, literally how does Cena pop up and go, I'm going to be the referee for this. I don't know. I don't, it's it's probably going to be a video package. Um, <laughs> For the of his movie, yeah. Yeah, like what does he do? He, sat, he satellites in from a, a... Oh, man, it's going to... You know, probably, yeah, probably Kurt Angle comes out and says, I've, I've found a special referee. This match is so big, I got a special referee. And boom, Cena's on Titantron, cuts a short promo. So if that's going ha- to happen, you'd almost have to think that if, if, if Lesnar's advertised for Atlanta next Monday, you'd almost have to think that Heyman and Lesnar come out, do their normal shtick. Gender's music should probably hit. Gender should probably show up on Raw. Have the first time we see them both on the same show. And then maybe it leads to the next night on SmackDown to where it's announced that, you know, oh my God, this epic match. Assuming this will happen, we need a referee that can handle it. Uh, you know. Well, I mean, they could do it because SmackDown's not running a, a live event next Monday. So the yeah. whole crew could be there if they wanted to. But yeah, I mean, I totally could see Jinder and, and Brock and, and you have the face-to-face, but I could see that leading to Angle announcing Cena as the ref, like to end that segment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's that's where I see them going. Did you guys uh, see the video, speaking of Thor, of Jeff Goldblum asking the interviewer what Brazongo was? Because there was an interviewer at the junket that was wearing a Brazongo shirt. And Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> like his fascination with the fact that wrestling is a worldwide phenomenon now. It's very cute. Um, but yeah, oh man. Is it a worldwide phenomenon now? Is it? Is it more than it was before? <laughs> I think it's because the, the interviewer was British. So he was asking, you know, like, oh, but you're British. You follow wrestling? I like, know oh, it's worldwide now. Yeah. I just like seeing Jeff Goldblum say Brazongo. I don't know. They did eighty thousand people at Wembley Stadium, you know, in the nineties. Yeah. So it's 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 been worldwide for a while. Yeah. Oh man. So, so yeah. SmackDown tomorrow. Carmella or pardon me, Ellsworth versus uh Becky Lynch. And Ellsworth is you know, teasing that he wants to be captain of Team SmackDown if he wins. Could you imagine if they did that? <laughs> he, he he wins the money in the bank, the first ever women's money in the bank, and then they did that. <laughs> they make him the women's captain. 
<laughs> at this point, why not? I could but, see them but, doing it. But yet the feminists have nothing to say when he's got a dog collar and a chain attached to him. It's all yeah. <laughs> like I find it so comical. I I don't get offended by hardly anything. So I find it anytime that we can piss off any 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 special interest group, and I'm not even against <laughs> any of the special interest groups. I just find it fun. I don't think you can watch the WWE if you're uh, offended by anything that uh, would have been considered normal humor. People were offended last Monday that the trash truck wasn't the same color as the one it was in Minneapolis when Braun got stuffed into it. That one was white. The one in Baltimore was red. Well, that's not offended. That's, yeah, that's just, just continuity nerds. Con- yeah, that's just <laughs> nerding out. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the WWE better worry if they ever lose those fans because uh, apparently that's what's keeping them in business. The fact that they will spend obscene amounts of money on this often mediocre product. Um, so Jinder is facing AJ Styles tomorrow night on SmackDown. WWE Championship announced, yeah. changed at the last minute because uh, they announced on SmackDown last week that Rusev would be facing AJ Styles and uh, this week. And the winner of that would be beat fill the last uh the last spot on team smackdown uh the next day just randomly they're aj styles versus gender for the title and they, they've been making it a point to to say that it's for the title um obviously that got a lot of talk people wondering what happened like is there is gender injured uh um do they decide they want gender to lose now and then regain the title in india when they go next month um yeah, I mean, I don't know for sure. My my guess is that uh, you know the the rating last week was low. Uh, I think it was the lowest, the second lowest since they uh, since the the lowest I think was election night. So this was the second lowest after that. But it was it was Halloween last time they aired on Halloween. It didn't have as much as a hit from the week before, but it also was against the World Series. So. Um, so it was it was lower, but it was to be expected. Maybe it was more than they ex- you know anticipated, and they panicked a little bit. My guess is that's it. They just wanted to throw something big out there. It's going to be a DQ um, or something like that, where gender leaves with the title, and uh, AJ ends up on Team SmackDown anyway. So that, that's my guess. I don't know that for a fact, but uh, the fact that gender has been working all the live events on the tour, he's doing media. If there was anything more to it, I, I don't think he'd be doing that. Hmm. Uh, the fact that they had that long gender Brock promo during tonight's Raw, I don't oh know if God. they waste their time airing that if that wasn't going to be the main event, if they're going to switch to AJ and Lesnar. Um, so to me, all the signs point to gender uh, and Lesnar. And again, gender is doing a lot of media overseas, and a lot of those stories aren't going to be published, you know, are about Lesnar, and they're not going to be published until later this week and, mm. and next week. So it just seems like it kind of kills all that. And those are all those are all key points, Raj, because I, I same thing. Then when they changed the match for SmackDown, they made a big deal about AJ versus gender. You know, you go, okay, like, did, did, did gender fail a test? Is he injured? <laughs> What's happening? But you're right. Tonight was a huge sign. If if something did happen to where they had changed their mind and they were going to have AJ beat Gender, then I think the space and time in tonight's programming that they used to hype Gender versus Lesnar would have been used of, hey, check out this thing that's going on SmackDown tomorrow. This yeah. new, yeah, you know, like you're right. They put so much time into Gender versus Brock 
it doesn't make sense that they're going to change that again, you know, come Tuesday SmackDown. So you're probably right. It probably is just something to try to get, um, you know, a little bit of a reactionary, but you know, reactionary movement to try to get some buzz back on SmackDown after a low, a low rating for whatever reason you can attribute it to. But I, I, I don't see, I don't see gender dropping at the AJ. It would, it would be very bizarre again, as we said, all the time they did put in tonight to having that match uh, advertised for Survivor Series, and if it changed, that would just be, you know. Yeah, and and again, the, that promo, like like what you said, I think the focus would have been who is Brock Lesnar going to face at Survivor Series? You know, AJ's facing gender, and they didn't even really mention that. They mentioned that AJ is facing gender tomorrow night, but never really mentioned the possibility that, uh, or never really stressed that the winner of that is going to face Lesnar, and 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 it's you know wide open who Lesnar's going to face at Survivor Series. They did a promo for the match, and then after they're like, oh, by the way, he's also defending the title tomorrow. And can I just say this right now? I know I'm, let me put this. Let me put this. Let me put this disclaimer out there. Everybody that's getting ready to get really mad at me, make sure you put hashtag Labar sucks. <laughs> AJ Styles is arguably the best in the world at what? At in ring, bell to bell pro wrestling performance. And I'm talking. I mean, you know, technique, athleticism, ability in the ring. But if you really want to try, I mean, look at how Brock Lesnar sold. Jinder Mahal might be dog poop to a lot of you, but Jinder Mahal is still six foot seven and jacked to where if you put him side by side in a stare down and a weigh in with Brock Lesnar, he at appearance, forget what you know about his wrestling record, he looks like he's a threat. When you put AJ Styles side by side with Brock Lesnar, he doesn't look like a threat. And how do you book a Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles title, but you know, champion versus champion, but no title on the line match? Like, how do you have like what what of AJ Styles does Brock Lesnar sell? And I mean that honestly. And that's not a knock on AJ Styles, but what does Brock sell of AJ Styles? It, it, it would look silly. Yeah, did AJ even jump up high enough to hit him with the forearm? The forearm is, you know, AJ could make it work, but Lesnar selling too much for AJ would hurt. You know, I don't think Vince would want to do that. I don't think it. You you know, I don't think they'd want to do that. I don't think they want him selling. It's all you know when you put Brock side by side against the Sheamus, which I think they did that at one of the live events recently. Like. It's it's all about because they book Brock's matches more realistically than anybody else because of his background. It's just about appearance. Like Connor from the Ascension, who hasn't won a match since 1990, <laughs> but Connor is built like a big some bitch. You could put Connor next to Brock Lesnar, and at least on picture, it looks right. Yeah. It looks right. Yeah. Something. With AJ, it looks like Michael J. Fox trying to fight Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like it's just yeah. appearance. It's just yeah. appearance. And, and a lot of people, real quick, just uh, sorry, I don't mean to kill your thought, but people pointing out gender is 6'5", but, you know. Oh, my God, 6'7 to 6'5". <laughs> AJ's not even six foot, so let's just relax. <laughs> and, again, I like AJ. The, oh, independent, yes, yeah. the independent wrestling company that I help run here in Pittsburgh, we've had AJ here many a times. I, I like, you know, again, I'm trying to make everybody know I'm an AJ Styles fan, but I'm just putting it out there. That when you put him side by side with Brock, and the way Brock is booked and perceived, it just doesn't. It'll be the same problem with Finn Balor. Same problem. AJ's yep. five eight, 
Brock Lesnar, 6'3", Jinder, 6'5". Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I think that uh, the physical <laughs> dichotomy there between uh, AJ and Brock. I, so the thing is, I actually think, I think Brock versus AJ would be a better match. Sure. In ring, but I think well, Brock and Jinder is way more interesting. Because you know what's going to happen with AJ. AJ will get a little bit of offense, but mostly get squashed. I don't want to see that. I don't think it does anyone any good. Um, Though Jinder and Brock, I don't really know. I don't think they're going to have Jinder just go out there and get squashed. Um, I don't know. I don't think Jinder's winning by any means. I think I I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a DQ with the Singh brothers getting involved or just Brock winning, but I don't think Brock wins a a squash with Jinder. So. I, I just find it way more interesting on how they're going to go with that. Whereas with AJ, I just kind of feel like I know. I, I you see, you saw how Vince booked Kane and Finn Balor. You saw, <laughs> you know, you just you just know. If Braun and Samoa Joe can't beat Brock, I don't. I just don't see AJ Styles right doing it with Finn yeah. Balor. I think Finn, if they do that at a pay per view, I think Finn will get in a phenomenal amount of offense, but still ultimately lose. Finn, if they do Finn versus Brock. Finn just was destroyed by Kane. I don't think they're going to give him more against, you know. It's in the main event. You got to gotta do something. You got to do something. It can't be. But Finn will do like the, the coup de gras and Brock will just kind of pop right up. You know? I, I think it would be similar to when he wrestled Roman at Mania where Brock mm-hmm. took most of that match. But, you know, Roman would get those hope spots. And it was a really intriguing matchup that they had. So I, well, I can see them doing that. That's a good question. One you just mentioned. At, I mean, I know we're a few weeks away from Survivor Series, but. What ends the night? Does Jinder versus Brock end the night, <laughs> or does the the the, oh main, the, 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 the Angle versus Shane team thing in the night? Uh, yeah, I I would think it would be Jinder and 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 Brock. Maybe if two world champions. I mean, yeah, in another era. Well, you know, again, the the, the competition between Raw and SmackDown is so forced. It, it, no one really believes like they're even though they really are. I mean, you know, when you have the separate brands, they really are trying to be better than the other. And, you know, Matt Morgan would talk about how, or anyone during that period will talk about how competitive it really was, but the fans don't see it and they don't feel it. It's not like WCW and WWE, you know, where if you had the WCW when they were separate companies champion and WWE champion, that would be the biggest thing. And, you know, if you did Colbert versus Steve Austin back in, during oh that God. period, it would be the you know the biggest pay per view of all time. The Survivor Series match should be Raw captain by Vince McMahon, SmackDown captain by Road Dog. Let's have that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Oh man. So yeah. So, so it, it, I, I think that's that should be the match that ends it. But I don't know if I, I mean you know honestly what's probably going to have the most interest. Hmm. Uh. I think Angle coming back because he already came back, it just doesn't feel like there's a, a big anticipation for that match. I could see it being the Shield in the New Day, hmm. depending on how they do it next week. But, yeah. um, you know, if they do that big, I could see that being the most anticipated thing on the show. Definitely big stars. So uh, I know we're going along tonight, folks, but uh, two more things we have to touch upon. Have to. Have to. Have to, have to, have to. Chris Jericho, New Japan. What's the story on this, Rush? So yeah, yeah, he's yeah. It's not known if it's you know how if it's a one-time deal or he's doing a few few dates, but it's the first time in almost twenty years that Jericho's wrestling outside of WWE, wow. which is huge. I mean that he's never wrestled uh, 
since he left WCW for WWE, he's never wrestled for another company. So, um, yeah, it's a big deal. And I, I th- it adds a ton more excitement to that. I'm sure Jericho wouldn't do it if he thought, you know, WWE would be, would be upset. So, um, I'm sure he's doing it with their blessing. Um, do you think so? Because, I mean, the story, everything I've been reading online is saying this all happened because they wouldn't give him NXT wrestlers for his cruise. So yeah. He to get Ring of Honor. Yeah, I, and I, I think that is all part of it. But I don't think uh, I don't think it's like a, a strained relationship. He's just he needed something for his cruise. WWE wasn't helping out, so he went uh, somewhere else. But I don't think I, I don't think he would do it if if he thought WWE, it would really damage his relationship with WWE. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. Th- yeah, I, I agree. A couple things. First off, I know for a fact that when they found out that okay, Reigns and Wyatt, some of these guys have what we now know as the mumps. That when they were going through their, you know, I know, I know that Jericho was an option. Uh, to yeah, they contacted him. So. You know, a, it's not like they haven't been talking to Jericho. Like he's all he's he's always on Vince's speed dial, essentially. So that's number one. Number two, you know, like Chris Jericho did. Uh, we have still here in Pittsburgh. We have a thing called Steel City Con a couple times a year. It's just our Comic Con, and they you know, they bring all the all the normal wrestlers and, and people from pop culture. Jericho had came to Steel City Con last year and it was the same night that we were doing our independent iwc wrestling show here in pittsburgh he came showed up hung out backstage we asked him figured he'd say no can you come out and do like a ring announcing spot and he said as long as you don't put it on your dvd because vince will sue you yes so he came out and ring announced a match for us Hmm. it it was it was phenomenal and our, our live crowd attendance was was great from that point on and so my point to saying that is that he's very much a guy from that point and from the little bit I've talked to him, he's very much a guy who like, you know, he knows his value. He knows the leverage he has now. Like, you know, it's almost like WWE needs him more than he needs WWE. He's made a successful music career. He's, he, he is who he is in wrestling. So I truly do think, you know, he wants to do this with Wrestle Kingdom, uh, the Wrestle Kingdom show with New Japan. He's going to do it. I think that he's smart enough. He knows how to pitch and talk to Vince. He knows how to pitch things to Vince that where whenever him, if, if it hasn't happened already, which it probably has, but whenever that conversation, whenever Vince calls him and says, uh, hey, pal, I heard you're doing this, Chris will be able to pitch to him and say, yeah, but here's how it's going to work out for you. And whether it's somebody appearing at Royal Rumble, whether it's a WrestleMania match, whether Vince gets part of the gate, I don't know, but – Chris Jericho knows how to talk to Vince McMahon. So at the end of the day, this just proves that Chris Jericho is the smartest person in the effing room. He's a genius, man. And, and to your point, you know, he goes to new Japan when he does eventually return to WWE. It makes it a bigger surprise because now you don't know it's not a given anymore. You know, now he's somewhere else and you know, we don't know. uh, And his cruise isn't for another year and he's, you know, he's got ROH talent on that cruise. So a lot of cabins to book. Yeah, so uh, is you know does that mean that he's not going to be back in WWE before that point? Because he's clearly working with Ring of Honor. Uh, yeah, he's pimping the that, so. going to be on his cruise. I mean, he's got. Uh, I'm sure he'll uh, probably want to wrestle himself on that. Yeah. So, uh, maybe you know. Vince will do what he did when Jericho was on Dancing in the Stars, and Vince will call New Japan and say, "Okay, so what's my cut of the deal?" <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, but I, I think, you know, you could have had Omega versus, you know, a bunch of other guys that would have had an awesome, you know, probably better matches. You know, Jericho, I think it'll still be a really good match. But this, I think, is way more interesting than uh, for a typical American fan than anything they've had in a long time. Oh, easily. Japan. Huge for New Japan. Yeah. Trying to get more of a foothold in the American market uh, with just interest from the casual wrestling fans. So. Stay tuned to Wrestling Inc. for all the latest on how's that, uh, how that develops. So last story, Impact, Impact Wrestling in Canada, doing some tapings. Fans, you can come and help set up the ring. Not fans, we'll pay you to come and pretend you're fans. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, we're Where at Where do you level, begin? Folks. Why didn't they... So Bound for Glory was sold out. Why didn't they just give fucking... Oh, sorry. Why didn't they <laughs> just give five tickets to each fan free tickets and be like here these are you know uh open tickets you just come you, you can fill in wherever we need you you want to know why and hand them out you want to know why because you t- you hand those free tickets to them and say come back to another taping and be enthusiastic be enthusiastic <laughs> after this bullshit finish to bound for glory <laughs> sorry you said f i figured I yeah said <laughs> oh yours was wasn't as bad as mine so uh yeah i mean good god this company just i want yeah i we've said it a thousand times i'd love for them to be an alternative to, to wwe i'd love for them to be strong and doing well they're an alternative but, you know. <laughs> they're an alternative but they keep shooting themselves in the foot now they're it's little- just to the point where it's just like they're they're sinking and they've got rocks tied to their feet and 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 they're just not doing anything to improve their situation. They're an alternative, like the Sears catalog is to Skinamax. That's just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, uh, and I get, I'm going to get chastised by TNA fans. And yes, I still call it TNA. As long as it's impact, it's hard to get away from TNA. Um, but man, it's just, they've let go all of their full-time referees. They have no full-time referees. Now they're using local, you know, uh, Canadian referees. And that's hard because they count the matches, uh, matches in the metric system. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. How, how coincidental they get rid of Earl Hebner when we were just days away from the 20th anniversary of the uh, Montreal screwjob in, in Canada. They could have done, they could have done their own thing. Do you guys think uh, uh, the Natalia match? They're gonna they're gonna pull something with uh, Carmella maybe in that a little twenty twentieth anniversary tribute. They love going back to it, but I don't know. It just feels like uh, it just feels it would just feel so outdated. I don't know. That's true. Oh, I know. I agree. Um, but yeah, so impact fifty dollars yeah. a part. So fifty dollars a night. Um, the details are on the website. Go to Wrestling Inc. and find out how you could be paid two hundred dollars to go to this week's Impact Television tapings, Tuesday through Friday. I mean, that's saying something, right? Because you would think that most of the time, just a free wrestling show would get people there. Yeah, I mean, I know um, Lucha Underground for for television purposes. I think they, you know. They, I'm not sure if it was free or that they, you could they paid. I forget now. And they so, use those TV ticket services and whatnot. Yeah, because they're but they film like a TV show. Like you have to set. tape their all. Like I don't know if you've ever seen a sitcom be taped, but that is very long. 
Like yeah. they give out prizes and they feed right. you and because people just want to leave after two hours. You know? Yeah. Right. So to so to jump on the Lucha Underground thing real quick from experience, I, I actually got into a debate with somebody tonight when I when I made a comment about impact wrestling uh, pain fans uh, and somebody said oh well just like lucha did it's 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 it's, it's TV wrestling and i said i don't know if lucha ever did i i went out to lucha underground for the season finale of season two hmm. um and obviously i wasn't paid by them i was out there as a media guest but i saw just the rabid fans that were waiting to get there and and there was no pain those fans and then yeah, when you got in like glenn said it was like a TV sitcom. They said, like, okay, you can't get up during any match. There's none of that. You know, like, you know, it's not like a normal wrestling show where you can get up and come and go as you please. As I tweeted that, uh, not to name drop, but I'm just telling you the result, Tommy Dreamer texted me, saw my tweet, and Tommy Dreamer said, hey, bro, I want to let you know they actually did have people they paid for season one. And I said, well, how did it work? Keith said that season one, they actually gave away, like, a season pass of tickets for free mm-hmm. of, like, if you're committed to coming back on these taping days every day, we'll give you this pass. And that's what they did. So uh, I guess for at least for season one, that's what they did. Is they just... Yeah. You have to build a fan base, you know, I think you're right. Cause if you see empty seats, right. no one's going to take it right. seriously right. at home. Right. But other the... stuff they do for movie extras. Like um, if they're filming a concert scene, they'll give away a car to one person, but everyone has to stay through the concert scene to get in that drawing, you know? So it's not unheard of to do this. Well, it's for just, a, yeah, a TV yeah. show, if you're an extra, you get paid something, right? Yeah. If you're in the background, not like if you're in a crowd, but if, if you, uh, if you're an extra, you get, you get paid. Yeah. But um, TNA has not been, this is, you know, new territory because they weren't paying people for bound for glory. You can buy tickets <laughs> for the tapings. So it's and- uh well, let's keep in mind too. I mean, WWE, you know, WWE doesn't pay fans, but WWE does have seat fillers. Paper, yeah, yeah, yeah. You paper. They have seat fillers that will come and sit in seats for the five minutes you go to the bathroom because they don't want TV to look empty. Yeah. Right, but now, that's now, that's that's very that's very different. Now, my recommendation to anyone that does this: um, cash. Do not take a check from this organization yeah i'm sure, I'm sure some of the wrestlers are like damn i should be that deal what happens if the fans <laughs> quicker than the talent <laughs> see eli drake just be like you know i'll take the 200 dollars <laughs> it's more than i it's more than i made a bound for glory <laughs> that, that's such like a southpaw wrestling move the wrestler that's like what well, man it's 200 bucks i'm just gonna go, like in a fake mustache sitting in the audience you know yeah the whole ta- yeah the whole roster is just in the audience for their 200 dollars. i can see that <laughs> oh my god um we want impact to succeed i mean we do it's just it's it's a i mean you could not have scripted a worse year for them justin has impact gone past the point of no return yeah it is i i i i it is, and uh, you know, and like like we like, like like our sentiment. It's not it's not that we want it to fail. Obviously, that means lost opportunity and lost jobs for people. But it, it's it, it is it's past the point of of PR reconciliation. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm thoroughly convinced that uh, Vince and WWE will hand Anthem a nice check that'll make them feel like they have a safe out in this investment. And that check will mean we get the video library. So we have Samoa Joe's highlights. We have Kurt Angle's highlights. We have Sting. We have AJ Styles. We have, you know, for the diehard couple people that are Impact 
wrestling fans would have that for the network. Like, I just don't see like Dixie's gone, Jeff's gone, Anthem's hemorrhaging money. I just I don't see an out. I don't see somebody else. You know, Billy Corgan's gone. I don't see somebody else swooping in, going, you know. My financial advisor said this would be a great addition <laughs> to my portfolio. <laughs> yeah, it would be a much smarter decision if you had that kind of money to just start from scratch. Imagine yeah. what they could do. Imagine, and then and then when they buy that video library, depending on how Vince and his, and his genius lawyers work this, they buy the broken thing. So now you have Matt Hardy taken care of. Now you had the video for that for the Matt Hardy DVD in five years when he retires from like. It, it it makes too much sense for it not to happen. Yes. And again, I don't want to ring the death bell to those who are hardworking that are there, but if we're just talking reality, I don't see any other outlet. But could you imagine the price tag a year ago or two years ago versus now? Like that check just keeps getting smaller and smaller. Well, that's what I mean. And so yeah. so here, and this, this is a real talk right now as we're doing this. So a year ago, but just about a year ago, um, and maybe I did this, and well, I did do it. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll admit my mistake. I did it. I I was, I, I tweeted too quickly. There was a bad reporter journalistic decision. I had tweeted too quickly uh, a text that I gave great merit to, and then a phone call that I followed up on that Vince was inquiring about buying the live. And this is when we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if Billy Corgan was going to take t- all this stuff. And at the end of the day, obviously at that point, Vince did not buy the library. And I and, and I got the naysayer saying, oh, well, great job there. I missed the mark. And yeah, I, I was wrong at the time. I have I have pure confidence that that eventually is going to come to fruition. That, yeah, that check of whatever it was, Glenn, yeah. what the price tag was, is, is getting smaller and smaller by the day that Vince is going to get that library for a cup of coffee. Anthem's going to take that check. And again, they're going to get out successfully feel successfully or at least not have lost too much. And again, there's going to be people that are going to lose a job. So that's not a funny matter, but it, no, that, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm fully convinced. And I don't know what the timetable is that WWE is going to have that library. And that's going to be that. Do you think Anthem is just shooting themselves in the foot over fighting Billy Corgan over it? <laughs> over I do. acquiring it. I, I, I do. I, I had heard something from somebody who used to work for, TNA about six months ago, like they gave me a figure of what they heard that that Anthem was losing per week tr- trying to be in the wrestling business with TNA, and it was a, an astonishing figure. And, and it just it doesn't make sense. Like, and it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. It, it, the TNA is such a damaged fruit. There's just no going back to it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do at this point. I mean, they're not going to get major talent. Although I guess so from Bound from Glory, so. Uh... Del Rio's back. Yeah, I was on a media call with him on Saturday. And, um, you know, I asked him about Paige and Jeff Jarrett being gone. So uh, he did not, <laughs> Alberto, did not realize that John Morrison was back, who was in, in, you know, Johnny Impact, who was in the main event of last night's Bound for Glory hmm. uh, in, in a match that he interfered in. Um, he, he, didn't, he didn't realize, all, you know, pretty, any, any of the stuff going on with TNA. And <laughs> wait, he didn't what? know. Like, well, you didn't know the storylines, or he just didn't know. Like, he, he knew nothing. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't know John John Johnny Impact was back with TNA. 
he, and, he was talking about how, like how it would be great if John Johnny Impact could come come into the company someday. Yeah, she'd be like, I'm excited to come back there and wrestle with guys like Matt Morgan and Rockstar Spud. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> and, and and going going off of that, he he cuts a promo. Oh gosh, he cuts a promo. It's like Enzo's tonight, but <laughs> yeah, it, 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 <laughs> but worse. He didn't, and I know if I ever see Albert, I know he kicked my ass. So here we go. He cut a promo where he didn't shut up, and he's talking about like how the company treated him bad, and they and, and they they distance themselves over this over this. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> you you had a there was allegations of like 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 what? Yeah, like why are you bringing this up? Just yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know the words, but fill in the gaps for me here. Like, but shut he, up. He, so we have an article today. So Alberto, obviously, that's storyline. He he uh, doesn't blame the company for what happened. Uh, he still claims that it was his idea to be stripped of the title, which I, I don't think many people believe. But um, no wrestler in the world's ever come with that fucking booking scenario. <laughs> yeah, right. Get me the title. All right. Yeah. So. Um, F word. Sorry. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I have to throw the the parental con advisory. Hours. We're yeah. only after hours here at this point. Yeah, we should probably wrap. Yeah, for an uneventful raw, this is quite the podcast. <laughs> um, so what do we got coming up Wednesday? We're gonna talk about SmackDown Live. SmackDown Maybe Live, a guest. possibly a guest. Yeah, possibly a current WWE star. Hopefully uh, Wednesday. Thank Otherwise, you. it might be next week. But we're we're yeah. working on cool. it. Wednesday, twelve noon. Justin, where can people find you on the interwebs? At Justin Labar on Twitter, hit the follow. I will try to respond. And of course, I every weekend I'm on Wrestling Inc.'s YouTube channel. Uh, we have our Chair Shot Reality video show. If you haven't ever checked it out, I encourage you to. It's different in this kind of format. It's um, you know in studio, a little bit more scripted talk show format. I hope you enjoy. Check it out. And of course, I'm also writing columns um, for Wrestling Inc., which I'm having a good time with. So check that out as well. Yeah, and check out his latest column on Saturday. Uh, just go to the site. It's uh, about WrestleMania 34. What are what are the the five big matches, right? Four big matches, and then uh, talking about you know people always talk about the venues and why I think UK is not a not going to happen at least not in Vince's lifetime. And I also uh, hint hint wink wink kind of give you my thought of where WrestleMania 35 will be. righty. we shall see. So until next time, folks. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and we'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.